0: Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, we bless your name and we say thank you for being with us in this place, Lord. This is your home. This is your house. And we are your children. This is your household. We exalt your name, Lord. We depend on you. We rely on you. You are faithful, Lord. And that which you have started, we know that, Lord, you will bring to completion. Until, Lord, we see you as you really are. We pray, Lord, for the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, uh, the song we've just sung there... uh, I say from public domain, <laughs> there is a composer. <laughs> He's called Robert Lowry. Robert Lowry was an American professor of literature, a Baptist minister, and composer of gospel hymns. He established a music partnership even with Fanny Crosby. He first published this song in 1865. Now, what happened one day, he was a pastor after preaching, went back home. He was very exhausted, as it always happened to pastors after the service. And this is how he writes. He explained how this song song came about. Quotes. One afternoon in July, 1864, when I was pastor at Hanson Place Baptist Church in Brooklyn, The weather was oppressively hot, and I was lying on a lounge in a state of physical exhaustion. My imagination began to take itself wings. Visions of the future passed before me with startling vividness. Vividness, sorry. That's English. The imagery of the apocalypse took took the form of a tableau. Tableau, okay, it's a French word, tableau. Brightest of all were the throne, the heavenly river and the gathering of the saints. I began to wonder why the hymn's writers had said so much about the river of death and so little about the pure water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and the lamb. As I mused, the word began to construct themselves. They came first as a question of Christian inquiry. Shall we gather? Then they broke in chorus, yes, we'll gather. On this question and answer, the hymn developed itself the music came with the hymns, praise God. So it's not public domain, there's there's a whole story behind it. Good to think about these things. Um, I might have said this before, but uh, when I meet with good brothers and sisters, I am always attracted by trying to discover what is their secret. What keeps them going? I think it was Sister Yolanda who prayed about uh, going deeper with the Lord. She gave a testimony. And I think it's the pastor who spoke about superficiality, etc. But when you meet a serious believer, I think myself, what's the secret? What, what keeps them going? And I found that for some of them it's just singing godly songs. For some of them. For most of them, the face of the Lord, the presence of God. For some of them, just that love, the fellowship, true, genuine fellowship with the brethren keeps them going. They are so concerned with a brother. If a brother is in trouble, has a problem, has backslide, etc., and that keeps them going. And they have that big picture that keeps them going. It's very, very, very important that we look around. Because the people God has put around us in the church, it's for our own edification. We should not say we do things my own way. We are a body, remember? A body. Pay attention to what is happening. See how other people are moving with the Lord. Learn from them. Learn and we will be strong. Because if I do things my own way, not only I will be lost, but I will mislead others because they will begin to take my own ideas as a model. But It is not. I'm doing things my own way. We are called to do things according to God's way and be led by him. Yes, we'll gather at the river. Today I must confess that I had difficulty to find a topic, a title, but in the end, I made up one, Spiritual Lessons from Ezekiel 47. Let's turn to that scripture for a while. <clears throat> Ezekiel 47. Is the mic okay? No, it's making it to be low. Is that okay? Much better. Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out of the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hands, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters The water came up to my ankles, verse 4. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Verse 6. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Verse 8. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Thank you. Verse 10. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from An Gedi and An Iglaim. There will be places for spreading their net, their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly <coughs> many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Verse 12, along the bank of the river, on this side and on that and that, will grow all kind of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because the water flows from the sanctuary. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for medicine. Amen. (coughs) Now, Ezekiel received this vision from Babylon where the Israelites were taken captives. But his message was not new because it was already given by Jeremiah for many, many years before the invasion of Nebuchadnezzar. The temple built by Solomon was destroyed, but the Lord had revealed to his prophet the abominations that were committed into it. The book of Ezekiel has very, very complex measurements partitions, imagery, which makes some passage very difficult to understand in terms of the things, the timing of the fulfillment of the prophecy. Nevertheless, there are good spiritual lessons and applications we can draw <coughs> from these important books. There's a lot of controversy, controversies in interpreting 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 all these imageries here because there is what's called a microscopic vision of prophecies. You see the idea is when you look at very high mountains, well I live in Sarikis if you're at home and you look at Canary Wharf, you see all those big, big buildings there, you think it's very close to you. But there's no even way to get there. You've got to go through Hot Tunnel, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I mean. So you see things, but they are very, very distant, but they can be broken down into small events, which are true as well. <coughs> and it quite often happens like that. And that's what troubles many people and believers when it comes to Bible, biblical prophecies. They look at Isaiah 53, Isaiah 7:14, and they don't understand, because some of those things seem to have happened in their lifetime, in a sense. So there is a, a, a closer reality, but there is that longer term, that microscopic view. You know, with microscope, you can look at things very, very far as if they were here. We read in the book of Hebrews that uh, our forefathers, they did not receive all the promises, but they saluted them, they greeted them from afar, confessing that they were pilgrims and sojourners on this earth, that's what we mean. Now, yes, this description of the temple here from verse, I'll say from the beginning of the book up to, verse, up, up to chapter 46 there is a description of the temple but the temple built by Solomon had been destroyed so many abominations had happened in it and I'm telling you you read some of the things the Lord revealed to Ezekiel you know they look like free happening in the house of the Lord you know when you read them and you know it's Really, really, really concerning the things that were happening by princes, by priests in the house of the Lord. They were doing all those things in secret, but the Lord was revealing to his servant. You see, Jeremiah has been warning them for so long, about 25 years before they were captured, Jerusalem was captured. They wouldn't listen. They hardened their heart, you know putting trust in false prophets and people are so attracted by false, falsehood than the truth of God. But our God is so merciful because with the destruction of the temple and the captivity all hope is gone. All the pride arrogance is gone. But towards the end of this book here the Lord will bring this good news through Ezekiel and he will give a description of another temple to be built God has not forsaken his people He's a God who keeps his covenant that's fantastic and when you get to chapter 48 you know how it closed Adonai Shama. the Lord is here that's how the book finishes so we have to trust God now in terms of the timing there are different views. Some people think that this is a description of a a temple that will be built during the millennial time. But you know, when it comes to the description about the trees and the fruit, you come to the book of Revelation, you find that in chapter 22. So the, the millennium has finished, has passed. We're now in the new Jerusalem. That has come from heaven, but yet you find that description there very, very difficult stuff. Now, one of the key features of the book of Ezekiel is the the transfer—I call it like that—of person accountability towards God to individuals. Because up until that time, there was always a collective punishment, collective curse, things like that. But at some point, the Lord says, enough is enough, now is the soul that's sin that will die. And there is a transfer now on individual accountability and responsibility The matter of obeying God. And you see, from that point of view, we can begin to draw some lesson for ourselves. We're talking about temple here. Doesn't the Bible say we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 6, 19. So some of the things here apply to how we care for the temple of God that we are. Ezekiel described the temple to the people in order for them to be ashamed of their iniquities in in chapter 43. In chapter 44, he set out some instruction from God Foreigners and circumcised should not enter the sanctuary. They can enter other places but not the sanctuary because the sanctuary is for worshiping the Lord. The beauty of holiness. In Ezekiel 44, the priest needed to teach the people, the difference between the holy and the unholy, the clean and the unclean, very, very, very even more important nowadays. Because you see, nowadays, the issue is no longer to do good or bad, is to even distinguish what is good and what is bad. So the people of God need to know, to be able to discern what is good from what is bad. Very difficult. It's not just, just enough now to say I'm not doing bad, I'm not sinning, Is what is sin. Because if the law makes it something positive, then everybody's in trouble. What is sin? How do you go and tell someone don't do that because it's sin in the sight of the Almighty? He said no going to get arrested. It's good. What does the Bible say? Woe well, unto those who call evil good and good evil. Problems. Okay. But in those times of Ezekiel, they had to go back because evil was so widespread. Abomination, even the Bible calls. And they had to go back from the beginning and begin to teach people what is holy from what is unholy. What is clean from what is In the talk with the Samaritan woman, the Lord used a similar teaching in which the whole description from Ezekiel is transferred onto individual lives. And that is our challenge today. Because the Lord is speaking of people who will believe in, in him, you know, fountain, fountain of river will flow from them, they will usher into eternity, etc. The same picture again. It becomes a personal responsibility and accountability the almighty God. Now I've said that already. In John 3.8 the Lord told Nicodemus the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. If you feel a bit lost here I've been a lot of time lost, even when preparing. I'm giving you a hint. We're talking about being led by God, by his, his Holy Spirit. That's where we're going. Because the Lord told Nicodemus, you know, people who are born by the Spirit, who are led by the Spirit, He speaks of the new birth. It's not just an intellectual, moral conversion, like the first John Wesley had. before he genuinely come to the Lord. So it's very, very dangerous place to be because we find this uh, advice in the Bible, examine yourself to know if you're in the right place. Examine yourself. You see, Ezekiel here is walking, he's going, and then he's testing. He walks a little bit, he tests. He walks a little bit, he tests. He's going deeper and deeper and deeper with the Lord. By the time he comes back, he can see all the food behind him. We've got to go hand in hand, step by step with the Lord, very slowly. Not overrun God. Slowly with God. Learning. Day by day. Taking on board and obeying the little God is putting in our hand. Treasuring them. Putting in our heart up and going slowly. God will perfect his work in us as remember in a big house, in a great house there's different vessels yes. vessel of owners dishonors. but if anyone cleanses himself, purifies himself God will make him a vessel of honor, ready and useful unto every good work, you see the problem we want to do it our own way very quickly to be seen, to be exalted by people Go slowly with God, obey one step at a time. God will perfect that work in us. Yes. Yes. Now, back to Ezekiel 47. The visions of the waters, the water rise, they extend, they are very deep, They have healing virtues, and there are plenty of fish in them and then an account of the trees growing on the banks of them. I realized that the word east is very prominent in this book. Well, I've been very helped by helped by Master John there who's been teaching us on gates. Interesting in Nehemiah. And when I looked back, I noticed that the water gates was eastern water as well. And then after the horse gate, there is the east gate itself. It's all about east. See something here? Verse 1 47, Ezekiel, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced the east the front of the temple. First the east. Now remember Pastor John saying that was talking about things to come, about the appearing, the blessed appearing of the Lord, the Lord the coming, etc. That all the church is all about. Preparing the people of God for the coming of the Lord. What does the Bible say? He who has that hope in him does what? Cleanses himself, purify himself. So the waiting of the Lord, that blessed hope should have a purifying effect on us. It's all about the holiness of the Lord in his house. The Lord God is holy and he wants his house to be holy. The priests, the princes, they had the prime responsibility to maintain God's holiness in his house. They were accountable to God. They had to teach people what God and what he doesn't want in his house. We're not just allowed to come with our own model, our own stuff, you know, our own excuses. There is a way, didn't Paul told Timothy, if I delay, you should know how to conduct yourself in the house of the Lord, which is both the pillar and the ground of truth. The house of the Lord. We're coming from different background and we need to learn. It's very, very important that we begin to learn that's why the Bible is given, that's why you have pastors, that's why we have teachers to prepare the people of God that we may attain that unity of faith. Very, very important. There is a clear link to John's vision of a pure river of water of life. In Revelation 22, that seemed to represent God's full glory and the saint perfect joy in Revelation 22. As I said before, slightly different views, but although people differ on the interpretation of the timing, of the timing of the fulfillment of this, there is one positive thing in all the interpretation, is that these things here can be applied to the church they can be applied to the church, we can't just ignore them and say this way for Israelite no, you know all scripture is inspired God briefed our instruction now the rise of the water water came from under the threshold of the house eastward and from the south side of the altar The word of God, the law, was given to the Hebrews, to the Israelites. You see, whether we feel uncomfortable with that, that's God's choice and decision. That's what it is. In this case, water was coming from somewhere where all Ezekiel could do is to follow, is to follow. Well there were other pipes, other pipes drawing waters there for ceremonies, ceremonials, etc. But this one here was something very special He had to follow. Did not know where he was coming from, where he was going, did not know. All he knew, he was coming from the temple somewhere and follow. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus is telling Nicodemus, the spirit of God. It's very, very difficult. We can't master everything. We can't know everything. See what's happening here? Water is at the ankle, and then the knees, and in the waist, and then you can't. You have to swim. You see, we have to recognize that there are difficult things in the Bible. You know, there are things we get easily, we understand, everybody understands it quickly, but as we move with the Lord, it becomes difficult, it becomes difficult, it becomes difficult, and with your spiritual growth comes the same level of temptation and trials. Well, it becomes very, very difficult and the more we go in that direction the more we need God the more we understand the need for God Christ himself is the temple, he is the door from him those living waters flow especially out of his peace sight It is the water that he gives us that is the well of water which spring up. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall, that's Jesus Christ himself speaking, but whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Friends, the water that the Lord will give, that's life, because water is life. We will never thirst again. I'm going to allow myself a very brief digression. There was in the Bible a man called Lazarus. He's known as a beggar. Beggar? What's the difference between beggar and burger. <laughs> beggar, okay. A poor, a poor man. The Bible says this. There was the poor Lazarus, to avoid embarrassment, and a man who was rich, a rich man. The Bible says Lazarus died and the rich also died. I like that. You see, rich people think they're untouchable, you know. Death is scared of them, is afraid of them. No. The rich man also died. Here is the reality now. They find themselves in the Hades. The rich in that place of torment and Lazarus in the paradise the rich man lifted his eyes which suggests to me that he was in the very very lower part, and prayed wow the rich man prayed too late prayed the rich man he doesn't ask for a water bottle no drop. Drop of water. The living water he rejected all his life. How sad. He realized that the water, the living water he rejected all his life. He now needed it. Even a drop. But the Lord is not calling us to drops. Abound Come, come. Everybody. Friend, if you're sitting here today, I'm not not scaring you. I'm just teaching the Bible. You know, don't sit on the fence. Things are not going to work out by themselves. You have to take a decision, conscious decision to follow Christ or a conscious decision to reject him. There's no sitting on the fence. No, there's only hell and the new Jerusalem. And those who reject Christ one day, one day will find themselves in a very bad place, not even the Hades, in hell, the lake of fire, the Gehenna. And it's true. If heaven is true, that place is real as well. And that will happen. So I'm begging you, if you have not made peace of Christ, consider today, as long as we can say Today. Is the day of salvation. You see, sitting in the church, attending, etc., won't change anything. Coming from a Christian family won't help at all. One must come in his own turn. The soul that sin is the one that will die. Personal accountability before God. We shall all stand individually. No grandpa, no grandma. the water had healing properties Jesus Christ came he died and rose again and left us the gospel the good news the good news that is healing individuals and nations those who believe Christ is able let me see the way I put it here yes Christ is able to purify our conscience from dead works you see in the Old Testament one thing was not happening despite the atonement was the conscience you want to know one of of the biggest benefits of the cross and the coming of the Holy Spirit is the work on our conscience what the freedom we have in Christ the assurance of forgiveness that's the work of the Holy Spirit God can do that many people are under guilt because of their past and quite frankly some Christians too doubt the forgiveness of God we have to present our life and our heart to the Lord and the Lord will do the work he can do that he can cleanse you now he can wipe your past he can act on the past because his time is limitless God can do that God can wipe away your bad souvenirs of what you've done in the past. Well, the problem is us because we want to cling on to it. Because those things come back sometime and they're intimidating us. And they're slowing us down in moving forward with the Lord. Because they're so terrified with things, all those things and the things that have happened in our lives. Doesn't the Bible say if anyone is in Christ, is a new passed away and behold everything has become new that's what Christ is doing and the more we begin to walk with him day by day and with each passing moment the Lord is doing that work and we love him more, we trust him and we are more grateful to whom much has been forgiven is more grateful we begin to understand the nature and the depth of the forgiveness Christ has given to us the lack or insufficient understanding of that means that we are ungrateful to the Lord. But if we understand what God has done for us. Well, sometimes we think, well, God has forgiven me, but, you know, I didn't really do bad things. Well, I'm telling you, God is holy. Do you know that in Ezekiel here, the princes were called to to even do sacrifice for unintentional sins. How can we say we are righteous? Unintentional. And sin committed in ignorance, can we number them? Can anyone number them? Unintentional. That's the standard of God holiness. And the Bible says, all have sinned. There's no one. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and for that hand, he gave, us, he gave us his word and left the Holy Spirit to help us. To help both the believers and the non-believers, you see the fruits are for food and they are for medicine. Food for the believers, medicine to heal sin and conversion and salvation for the unbelievers. The Lord God is at work. Sadly, In verse 11, there are swamps and marshes who will not be healed. Those are people who are hardening their hearts. You see, many years ago, I was walking somewhere, and it just happened. I told someone, my manager, God bless you. Wow, he reacted as if I had slapped him. You know, he said, no, that's not for me. I don't need it. Wow, just God bless you. But one day, the divine judge will be sitting there. Those who have rejected him will have to face him. Friend, if you are sitting here and you haven't made peace with God, it is free. The almighty God is sending you an invitation to consider surrounding your life to him before In Psalm 1, the Lord says, blessed those who do not walk according to the counsel of the wicked, but meditate his word. And then he goes back to the same symbol here. They will be like like tree planted by see, that's the reason why I was telling you that we can see that microscopic vision, but we can also see application today. And that pattern is repeated in the Bible. You shall be like a tree planted by the water. That's what God expects from us as believers, to be like trees planted by the waters, giving fruits in every season, fruits that are acceptable to God, but fruit that will also edify fellow believers as well. Which fruit are we producing every day? Are our lives healing? What's the relationship in our families? Well, it might be easier in other families where everybody is safe, maybe. But in other families where you have one believer only is war lot of persecution, what do we do? There is only one Bible. We are called to produce those fruits in the hope that maybe God will touch them. It's so difficult. I've come across very, very difficult testimonies of what is going on in families. My message to you today, we have to obey God and trust that the Lord God will do the work your responsibility and my responsibility, we are not accountable for those people. We are accountable to God. We have to play our role. We are salt and light. We should not just be Christians on Sunday. Now we have to put these things in practice and go a bit more deeper with the Lord Friends, God has so many things to show us. So many things to show us. You know, if water is there, God wants you to swim. Yes. To swim. He wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit that we may be able to discern his ways. And to do his work in the way he wants it to be done. I'm gonna stop there. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord As you can see, it's been very difficult for me, the topic itself. At some point, I wanted just to give up because I didn't know where I was going with this. But I didn't say, if I give up, it means I'm doing my own things. I'm going to trust the Lord and see what the Lord will take out of it for for his people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father we bless your name Lord Lord you see all the hesitations Lord and the limitations Lord but I am persuaded that you have spoken to your people and that you will continue to expound this in everyone's hearts that we may continue to learn your holiness to trust you to love you, to serve you and to await your blessed appearing. Lord, I commit each and every one here unto your hand. Yes, Master, the tempest is raging but we need you and we know that you have made the promise faithfully, you will see us through. We bless you, Lord. We bless each family represented here. We also bless your name church. Keep us Lord in the security of your faithfulness until you return or take us home. In Jesus name.